Hi, this is take number 29 of our July 26th Soybean Aphid podcast. It is a beautiful 76 degrees out, but not here in Aaron Hodgson's office where it's about 97 in the shade. We can't run the air conditioning because we only have one microphone and the sound would be drowned out. But anyway, here we are, Matt O'Neill and Aaron. <laughs> Hi. We're having some technical difficulties with our podcast this morning, so um, yeah, it is a lot of takes just to get it going. We're going to make it work, though. We're going to make it work. So what are we going to talk about today, Aaron? What are we going to talk about? Um, we can highlight some uh, recent pest activity in soybean throughout the state, and from what we've been hearing from our grad students and also some of the field agronomists who do research at the Iowa State University research farms, they're telling us that Soybean aphid numbers are increasing, especially in those plots that have naked seed. And so I think Brian Lang, uh, his numbers are up to over 50% of his plants have aphids now. So they've been slowly climbing every week, and that's pretty exciting as far as we're concerned. Uh, is it sad that we find that exciting? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> that, uh, But it is... It is noteworthy, especially going into this week. So I noted it was 76 degrees outside. The weather forecast for central Iowa is looking like it's going to be cool for the rest of the week, which is shocking given that we're the last week of July and the the peak temperatures might be high 70s, or, uh, low 80s, which is ideal weather for soybean aphids. So if the populations are there and they are sort of evenly distributed, 50-some percent of the plants have them, uh, we could see large populations build up pretty rapidly in this next week. So something to keep an eye out. Maybe we should write an ICM, and by we I mean you, write an ICM article about this because this could be the um, the moment when it kind of all blows up in our face. Yeah, I would agree. This is, uh, well, maybe for a lack of a better term, but this is prime time baby-making temperature for soybean aphid. This is like, they're optimal. They do like a little bit cooler. They're cloning. Uh, they're cloning. It's yeah. it's uh, all asexual, so nothing weird's going on. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, it should be should be something where you're out there looking at soybean just to see where you're at with uh, aphid numbers. That'll help determine your treatment decisions later in the year if things start to really ramp up. And uh, beyond soybean aphids, I noticed on your um, call sheet here, our script, the um, beanleaf beetle adults are out now. So this would be the first generation that's emerged. Um, any comments on that? Any thoughts about that? Is this? Uh, are you seeing larger numbers or uh, change in time given the kind of season, the cool temperatures, wet temperatures that we've had, or wet conditions that we've had? Uh, I would say that the first generation adults that are out right now are out a little bit later than they usually are, but that's not really a surprise given our cool spring temperatures. Um, Nothing extraordinary. No, no, I haven't seen anything extraordinary. But if you are in an area that has persistent bean leaf um, or bean pod model virus problems, or you have food grade beans or like niche um, for seed, it is something you want to pay a little bit closer attention to. Just uh, use your sweep net and just estimate beetles per sweep and see where you're at. And and there are thresholds available online for that at, uh, at your websites. And um, so a, a way to judge the risk um, 
from the bean leaf beetle at least to the soybean uh, to, to soybean production. Uh, one of the last things on our list are stink bugs. So I was um, going into work this morning and uh, listening to the Iowa NPR, and they ran a report, a national report um, on the brown marmorated stink bug, and they sort of gave it the, a little Iowa spin. So the brown marmorated stink bug out east is a tremendous pest, and they were mentioning something like fifty million dollars worth of damage was done to apple and peach alone from this one pest and it is a pest that is prolific it feeds on a lot of different things both corn and soybeans and we have found it in iowa i was uh, donald lewis our um, extension entomologist has noted that at least five counties have um, reported a detection of the adult stink bug brown marmorated stink bug that is um that uh, those detections have occurred within the last six to ten months. Um, now they've been very small in the num you know in the in the number that have been observed, but uh, they have been observed. We have a graduate student, Cody Kunst, who is doing a survey of uh, selected locations in the state uh, with traps that have pheromones that are attractive to the brown marmorated stink bug alone and um so far uh, in our lab meeting this morning he reported that he has not seen any um and total has seen very few stink bugs uh in soybean fields that he's surveyed is this consistent with what you've been hearing or is this been a topic of conversation at all for you and some of the extension entomologists um, I have not heard about any brown marmorated sink bug in our North Central Extension Entomology teleconferences that we have every couple of weeks throughout the summer. So I'm not sure if it's uh, really on the radar as far as an agricultural pest, but I think, like you said, Donald Lewis and others that work in urban areas, I'm not sure what other people are hearing or seeing in other states. But um, like you said, it is it has such a wide host range that People who farm and people that you know have fruit trees and everything else could be potentially affected in Iowa. So uh, we do have a student, but we, yeah, we're going to keep up some of the survey efforts to let you know what we're hearing and seeing. Um, the other uh, thing about this, do you think there would be affected in Iowa? Do you think farmers, whether it's fruit or vegetable, would be affected this year? But I, I, you're shaking your head no. So I, I think I agree. I mean, I think that there are there are clearly brown marmorated stink bugs in Iowa, but their populations are so low. And given what we know about the spread of this insect in the East, it first is observed in sort of urban home settings. And then they start to see it in fruit and vegetable production and then in field crops. And I, I think we're probably several years away before it becomes an issue for, um, if it, if it ever becomes an issue for corn and soybeans. And I guess the reason I bring this up is that I'm starting to see uh, stink bugs in advertisements to, targeted to Iowa for insecticides. And, um, you know, fine, you know, no, no, nothing illegal about that, uh, maybe nothing inappropriate about that, but you kind of want to keep the risk uh, in mind when looking at those advertisements, advertisements, and we just don't see a lot of stink bugs in soybeans, let alone corn. Um, and you know, in the South, that's a stink bugs can be a severe problem, uh, but we just don't have that uh, 
those populations or even those species uh, in Iowa. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a, there's a very interesting complex of stink bugs in the south, a couple different species that they can count on to be a problem every year to damage pods and seeds, but the the risk for stink bug damage in corn is very low. So with that, I think we've about said it all. So we'll uh, talk next week about uh, soybean aphids and uh, maybe uh, get an update on where we are. Have a good week. <laughs>